Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. The Ontario Chamber of Commerce released its annual report recently. Business confidence is low across the province. There are a host of issues facing a wide range of sectors across the business spectrum. Yet in the midst of all the doom and gloom, there is some limited optimism about the upcoming year. Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope Chamber of Commerce, is going to give a local perspective on the mood of her members. A record number of businesses from across Northumberland County participated in the survey this year. When it comes to painting a picture of the business environment, her message is simple. It all depends on who you're talking to. For some, the opportunities for expansion and growth exist. Yet for others, there are big challenges such as layoffs and cutbacks. She will give her analysis and insight. I'm delighted to have back Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Uh, Thank you for having me, Robert. It's always a pleasure. Before we get into the Ontario Chamber of Commerce annual report for 2024, I would like you to just tell us, how would you characterize the mood of businesses in Port Hope right at the moment? Uh, It's a bit of a loaded question, Robert, because it depends on which industry you are, which sector you are, you know, the things that are happening um, here locally. You know, uh, one of our manufacturers has recently laid off a number of employers, or sorry, employees, Um, But we also have, you know, some of our smaller businesses that are looking for spaces that they can expand into, Uh, you know, our frontline and retail. This is generally a quieter time of year, um, and some of them are feeling that it's quieter than usual, and others are feeling like um, there's a good bounce back and and lots of uh, uh, profitability. So I really do think it depends on who you're talking to and uh, which sector it falls to. How are you feeling about the general tenor of business right now in Port Hope? I think that, um, you know, when you look at the the bigger picture and the larger scope, I think that Port Hope is in a good position for uh, profitability and growth. Um, There are a lot of uh, changes that are happening. There's other, you know, infrastructure issues that we're still dealing with and trying to support, you know, the um, economic viability of the community. But I do think that um, as a community, we stick together, we work together, we try to get through things. And so I am always optimistic that uh, the community will be resilient and uh, be able to push through any challenges that we're going to be facing. I'd like now to talk about the Ontario Chamber of Commerce 2024 report. In it, the provincial economy is described as strained. It describes business confidence as hitting a new low, and that is not a positive picture. Why so glum? 
I, I think that there's a number of different factors that feed into the Ontario Economic Report. Um, again, it is a, a vast work, uh, you know, a, ba- a vast um, group of people who contribute to uh, the the survey and to the report. And I think you have things like, you know, the recent challenges of having to repay debts that was given out during uh, the pandemic. Um, the consumer spending and the um, trends in how people are spending, where they're spending, how they're spending. There's, you know, inflationary pressures that are coming uh, from the banks and the, and the financial sector. And then, you know, we have great, especially in this community, workforce related challenges, things like mental health, things like lack of housing, things like cost for groceries, um, lack of child care. You know, there are a lot of different things that are impacting um, business across the sector. And when you remember that the largest percentage of businesses across Canada in Ontario and in our community are small businesses with less than uh, 20 employees, those infrastructure impacts really can cause a lot of um, lacking in confidence. In the report, it appears that small businesses with less than 100 employees are the least confident. Why do you think that is? I honestly believe it's because of the infrastructure challenges that face them. Um, They are, you know, um, each individual business has to have its own uh, uh, foundations and strengths. And if you don't have a workforce or people who can feed into your workforce, if you don't have housing for that workforce, if you don't have childcare for that workforce, if the cost of a bag of milk is, you know, three times more expensive than it was five years ago, Um, you know, if there's more mental health pressures and then not supports to support that mental health, I think the smaller businesses, uh, they feel that faster because they have fewer uh, people within their realm of employees, but also fewer people they can reach out to in the workforce. You've identified some really critical issues, uh, financial issues, daycare is big issue you've identified, your cost of groceries, borrowing money costs. When you think about this locally, what do you see as potential solutions to some of these issues? You know, it's it's something that we end up talking about a lot. Um, you know, as the Chamber of Commerce, we support here in Port Hope, we support about 220 uh, member businesses and are always available if the larger business sector, you know, requires input or supports or anything. And, you know, we we have constant conversation, you know, with our partners at the Ontario Chamber and the Canadian Chamber of Commerce about the three levels of government really having to start to buckle down and work better together. Um, You know, there's there's housing uh, proposals being put out at municipal level, but they don't meet the goals of the provincial. And then there's no funding and support from the federal, you know, so there's. The three levels of government really have to start getting into each other's pockets and understanding that we as taxpayers can't continue to pay increased tax levels um, to support um, initiatives that are going to help the bottom line and the economic viability of any community. So um, I really do believe that um, we really have to have a lot more support of all three levels of government, identifying which area they're responsible for, sharing that with the community, and then being able to support where they say they're going to. In one of the sections of the report, it talks about the agricultural sector holding the lowest level of confidence at 3%. What does the Port Hope Chamber of Commerce do to help farmers and agribusinesses 
Um, it's it's a good question, Robert. We don't have a large number of um, agriculture um, members. We do have a few. Uh, some of the larger um, farming businesses and that kind of stuff are members of the Chamber of Commerce. You know, we do um, work with them in helping them identify funding sources and grant sources that are available provincially and federally. Uh, we connect them to each other because, as you know, uh, we're much better together. So we may have, uh, you know, one farm that's looking for X number of pieces of equipment or some help with, a, you know, taking off a harvest um, at a different time than another farm, you know, so they can share some of their um, their workers and their staff and, and that kind of thing. So really what we try to do is connect them to the resources that's going to help them um, to stay uh, viable. I think the biggest concern uh, from an agribusiness and what we're hearing is the um, succession planning for the farms. You know, um, there's a number of farmers in and around this area who are fourth and fifth generation farmers, but the fifth and sixth generation may not be interested in being a farmer. So what are they going to do to preserve that farmland or to, um, you know, push it out uh, to somebody who does want to make sure that we're continuing to, you know, be fed and um, have the things that we need from our agri-partners? There was a recent report in the Toronto Star saying that portions of the retail economy are returning to normality sooner than expected. Young people are spending on discretionary goods. Landlords, including shopping mall operators, are saying that they are charging pre-pandemic rents once again. Even the stock markets are showing investors are buying retail stocks more. So what is with all the doom and gloom from the chambers? Is it really all headwinds? Um, again, I think it all goes back to sources, right? Like, I don't know who wrote the article in the Toronto Star. Sorry, I haven't reviewed it and read it and gone through it. But this Ontario Economic Report is the actual Chambers of Commerce who are the voice of 60,000 businesses in the province. Um, the businesses themselves are the ones who fill out the survey. It's not, you know, it's not us as the Chamber. So I know that we had, I want to say, 27 or 30 businesses in the Port Hope area that contributed to the Ontario Economic Report. We had over, we had over 80 for Northumberland County. So that's a good number considering, you know, the, the size of who we are and what we do. Um, I would say that there are being, there are shifts in retail spending, uh, depending on who you talk to. Again, it's those who, you know, like they say pre-pandemic rents. Well, is that actually less than what they were charging six months ago because um, the malls weren't filling up? People couldn't afford to rent at the rents that they were charging. So are they reversing back to pre-pandemic um, in the hopes that they're going to fill those spaces? You know, we don't know what those numbers are and what they look like. I also think retail, um, <clears throat> they may not be foot trafficking into stores. Retail can be their online um, sales, online um, purchases, you know, that kind of thing. And so I do think that there are those that pivoted, you know, there's that word again, but pivoted during the pandemic and have maintained that, um, that are feeling like they're, um, the ability for people to shop and click as opposed to shop and walk um, is also uh, contributing to the viability for the retail sector. The report says nearly half of the businesses surveyed say they are confident in their internal outlooks and expect to grow in 2024. And you've already alluded to this in our conversation, but what are you hearing on the street? Is there opportunity for growth? And could you share some stories? 
Um, I do. I do think that there is some opportunity for growth. Again, it depends on the sector and the things that are happening. You know, so when you when you talk to some of our manufacturers uh, locally, especially here, you know, there's changes going on with the the bigger um, industries and companies that own parts of who they are and that kind of thing. So there's not a lot of control over that. You talk to some of our smaller businesses, um, service providers, you know, that kind of thing. They're back to being you know, shop local, share local, support local. That's who Port Hope is anyways. Those are the things that um, we as uh, consumers and we as shop owners, you know, we know if we take care of who's next door, they're going to take care of us with a different level of service, you know, and that kind of thing. And so I think, you know, when I think about um, some of the businesses that are experiencing growth, you know, there are some of the smaller manufacturers who, because they have um, become experts in their area and there's people looking to hire them, they, you know, are in some cases turning away contracts because they don't have the space to be able to deliver uh, what needs to be delivered. I think those who are in the niche market, um, they are are doing well. Um and and I do think that, you know, some of the more long-term businesses, they could stay and, and be here uh, for even longer, providing that succession planning comes into place. Because again, some of them are starting to hit, um, you know, generational gaps where there may not be somebody in the family to pass the business to. So they're hoping to, you know, um, sign off or pan off to longtime employees and that kind of thing. So I, I do think that there's a number of uh, different opportunities for growth, and we have seen them and been in conversation with some of those. The report says that there are shortages of labor, especially in the construction industry, transportation and manufacturing. What is the situation in Port Hope? Well, we've actually been working on a project uh, for the last year or so um, as the Chamber of Commerce in cooperation with the municipality of Port Hope related to this directly. Uh, it was called the Balanced Employment Initiative. There'll be more information about it, you know, in the next little while from the municipality. But, you know, we actually met with um, over 50 employers and talked to them about gaps to say, what are our gaps right here in Port Hope? And um, there were two gaps. The first was manufacturing and the second was um, hospitality, tourism and service. So frontline kind of, you know, employees. Um, the manufacturing has probably done a bit of a shift now that there are some of our manufacturers doing layoffs. Um, some long term, very long term manufacturing employees are all of a sudden faced with uh, no employment uh, because there are um, not, a lot, not a lot of opportunities. I do believe that construction um, is um, another area. And the other area for gaps in our communities right now is um frontline medical related like PSWs and, um, you know, home care workers and that kind of thing. I think depending on your community, it's just reflective of who you are, what you provide and the services you give. You know, we are an older population. Um, so there is more of a need and a demand for some of that PSW and, and home support worker. And there's not a lot of young people who can afford to live and stay here. Um, you know, the same with the tourism and the hospitality and the frontline stuff. You, you can't rent an apartment anywhere in this community for less than, you know, $1,800 to $2,000 a month. And you don't get paid enough to work as a part-time waitress or server uh, to be able to pay for that. So it kind of comes back to that balance act. And we definitely have a shortage. Uh, the Workforce Development Board, if anybody's looking for information on the current labor markets, 
go to the Workforce Development Board page. They have some great stats on, on Northumberland, where the biggest gaps are and what the job postings are that are reflective of that. Immigration is making headlines a lot these days. In the report, it notes that labor shortages continue to be an issue, and it's something that we've been just talking about. It notes the importance of immigration to meet those demands and that this is key to the solution. What role do you see immigrants or temporary foreign workers playing in Port Hope, and is it a key to the local economy? We actually have a number of agriculture businesses that do use the um, immigrant worker program. Um, you know, they depend on them to harvest and, and to plant and to uh, make sure that the agribusinesses stay in business. So um, any changes to that are something that we keep a pulse on so that we can uh, better support our businesses. I do think that, um, you know, when we talk about our community and who our community is and where it comes from, you know, and that kind of stuff, I know that I've had many conversations uh, with um, the um community services and uh, Emilio at the county level, you know, and they are looking at um, doing some, you know, county settlement services are looking at some grant programs to make this community a lot more welcoming for those who come um, from other countries um, and choose to want to live here in Northumberland County. Um, I do think that there is a role to be played. I think we in Port Hope have been impacted by the number of students from Loyalist College who have come in. Um, there are a number of them that are international students um, and helping them, you know, to find even part-time employment um, is something that uh, we should all be uh, open to and, and willing to uh, bring on board. When it comes to government policies, the report seems to say the same thing year after year, cut red tape, reduce taxes. Yet we watched as municipal councils struggled with their annual budgets to keep up levels of service in the face of rising costs and more complex issues that they have to deal with. From a local perspective, not a federal or a provincial, is it a fair criticism? Well, I think there's fair criticism that we can point towards the provincial and federal government for some of the blame. And again, it's that downloading. Yes, there's a, you know, a constant desire to reduce red tape. And I know that we have many conversations as chambers of commerce uh, with each other about everything from how long it takes to get a building permit to, you know, the amount of time it takes to, you know, advance stormwater management without talking about stormwater fees, right? Like there's, you know, some major stuff that's happening. And again, it comes from the download. And like you said, the added stress to the municipalities. And because for so long, especially during the pandemic and stuff, nobody wanted to increase anything because we didn't know where things were going to be financially. You know, so the decision makers and the problem solvers didn't put a lot of increases on and tried to um, continue to deliver the same level or advanced levels of services. And now all across the municipal level, it doesn't matter where you are in Canada, but especially in, you know, this area, the increase had to happen to make up for infrastructure losses and things that some were impacted because there had been no increase for so long. Do you feel the local government is doing enough to support businesses in Port Hope? Why or why not? Um, I think that um, there's going to be some ultimate testing in Port Hope, whether they're supporting businesses or not, and, and what that support looks like. We have some major projects, you know, uh, press releases, um, you know, being issued or has been issued uh, with regards to the Walton Street reconstruction in downtown Port Hope. That's, you know, what could end up being a multi-year project in sections and spaces. And that's going to impact, you know, 
travelability, if that's a word, but you know your ability to move around um, within within the downtown core. Um, I do think that um, we're very fortunate that we as a Chamber of Commerce have a very open and working relationship with the municipality of Port Hope and Council, as well as their economic development department. So anytime any issues or things come to the table, we gen we do have, um, you know, a very open door policy where we can walk across the street and, and um, literally talk to them um, about what's going on. And um, I do believe that everybody has the best interest of business. I do believe there's also limitations and capacity and the things that you're able to actually do to support businesses. And I also believe that businesses are becoming more and more aware of the fact that there is a cost of doing business that they have to take, you know, accountability and responsibility for. So I do think that Port Hope is in a good situation that they have a council and staff and employees and departments and people like us and the HBIA who are willing to support them, again, to be resilient and continue to thrive. Another aspect of the report is employee well-being. Are you seeing employers dealing with more physical and mental health issues similar to those articulated in the report? I don't think there's anybody anywhere, Robert, who would say that um, well-being is not a priority uh, for your employees um, and you as an employer. Um, I know that with our balanced employment initiative, we created a third pillar, and that was actually support for employers. You know, a lot of times you start a business and you don't realize how much work it is to manage and, you know, human resource management, a staff team. And so we've created, you know, a a pillar of training on things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, mental health for you as an employer, understanding mental health, um, encouraging uh, flexibility and scheduling, and you know all those things that contribute to you as a business owner, as an employer, but also to your employees um, and the importance, how important it is to make sure that people do have, you know, work-life balance, the ability to work when it works for them. Um, and, you know, it, it's a hard shift, but I think people are realizing they have to make the shift or we're going to continue to see the shortfall in our uh, workforce. We're going to see, um, you know, fewer people being able to do some of the hard level frontline stuff that we need people to do. The report also says organizations are taking less action around diversity, equity and inclusion. Can you characterize the situation in Port Hope and what's being done in this particular area? It's a bit of, a, again, another one of those loaded questions because it depends on who you talk to. You know, we as the Chamber of Commerce, we are firm uh, believers and asserters in what we call um, IDEA, which is um, inclusion, diversity, and equity advancement. So we as a board are a 50-30, so we're 50% female or better, 30% um, or better are um, under... Um, our populations that, you know, have been identified as uh, being underserviced or underincluded. Uh, we also um, encourage our membership, you know, to participate. We send out training opportunities. We, uh, you know, we make sure that uh, people do consider um, how welcoming they are to people of all age, genders, creeds, religions, cultures, uh, you know, and and I do think that there's just a reality that it's happening, whether uh, people are aware and um, attentive to it or not. 
Um, it is a, something that we are attacking with our um, International Women's Day event this year. Uh, the theme of that is Inspire Inclusion, and we have four speakers who are going to talk about things that they have done locally and things that each one of us can do at the local level every day to be more inclusive uh, from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective. Tell us more about this International Women's Day. Who are these people that are going to speak and, and what's involved? Sure. So um, we, as the Chamber of Commerce, have partnered with the Capitol Theatre. Uh, thank you to them for their beautiful facility um, and for helping us with it. We've recruited four speakers. Um, three of them are uh, local who have done something in their lives um, as women to um, inspire inclusion and include people. So we have uh, Leslie Boyd, who is the owner of the Inuit Fine Art Gallery. She has spent um, many years using art as a conduit and a tool uh, to be inclusive of Indigenous communities and Inuit communities in, uh, um, in and throughout uh, the North. We have Maria Papayawanaduik, who um, I'm sure many know um, because she is a local, um, you know, radio uh, talent and stuff. Um, she actually is going to talk about how important it is to amplify our voices. So she had um, an incident at our local hospital that um, made her feel like um, there was not equality uh, being um, happening, um, and she found the person to speak to. She activated change, and policies were changed within a few weeks um, for the betterment of uh, women uh, specifically. And then we also have um, our mayor, um, Elena, um, who um, actually has a very broad background in um, intersectionality, diversity, inclusion. She's done work with the United Nations and, um, you know, other organizations. And she's going to talk about, you know, the global perspective and, and how it's very reflective of what happens locally. Our keynote is a lovely lady by the name of Kate Ryan, and um, she works in a primarily male um, environment. Uh, she's in the tech world, and her job full-time is diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. And she's going to talk to the community and the people in attendance about things that we can do every day, like I said, um, to be more inclusive and diverse in the things that we're doing. It's a free of charge event happening on March 8th at three o'clock at the Capitol Theater. Anybody is invited. You don't have to be, you know, gender, you know, religion, race, any of that stuff doesn't matter because we believe that inclusion is everybody's responsibility. Uh, so we want everybody to feel that they are welcome to attend. This annual report comes out, makes lots of comments about the, the business environment. What are the new action items you want to see addressed locally out of this report? I, I don't know if it's necessarily change as opposed to focus, because some of these things you may not be able to change in a 12 month period. You know, some of them are, are um, bigger than uh, we can imagine. I think the first thing that we really have to look at um, from a local perspective are the workforce challenges. Who are our workforce? How do we get to know them better? How do we get them employed? How do we, um, you know, encourage them? How do we provide that infrastructure stuff? You know, the the childcare and the healthcare and the places to live and, you know, those kinds of things. I can't stress enough how important that is, especially as a rural community. You know, let's get our broadbands. I know that they're working on it, but broadband is a huge issue once you go north of the 401, especially in Port Hope. So these are very big workforce challenges that um, I think we can address. I think the second thing um, for me would be um, support to our agriculture sector. 
you know, our ward two is agriculture. That's what we do out there. Um, and so I do think that there is a responsibility uh, to our municipal governments uh, to understand what they can do to uh, better support the um, agriculture. And then um, I think uh, the last piece is just keeping the line of communication open between the businesses and again, the municipality with projects coming on board, like the Walton Street reconstruction and um, changes to sewer systems and some of the stuff that they need to do with roads, you know, um, that can directly impact our business and our economy, um, which is just simplifying the communication piece so that everybody is aware so that they can plan and don't do it short term and quick. Like don't give somebody two weeks notice, give them enough time that they can build a plan um, to make sure that their business is resilient and, and uh, bounces back. Brenda Whitehead, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. I, and thank you, Robert, for giving us the chance, you know, um, Let's just keep reminding everybody to shop, share, and support local because uh, local support local and taking care of each other is what we have to do. That was Brenda Whitehead, CEO of the Port Hope Chamber of Commerce. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.